You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Buffalo Bills Football Monday on WGR brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com on the West Her Hotline now is Eric Wood. Eric, are you are you shocked by this game, by this outcome? I am shocked, and I knew it was obviously a, a very talented, a very good team in the Bengals that the Bills were going up against. It was going to be tough to get a win in Orchard Park uh, yesterday, just regardless. But um, I was shocked by the performance of the field. I just thought that, you know, really it didn't feel like they were in it you know, after the first couple drives of the game. And, and there were times where where they flirted with getting back into the game. It just seemed like Cincinnati was just operating with so much ease out there offensively, and it was such a struggle for the Bills throughout the game offensively. And so, yes, I, I, I was shocked, disappointed, and it's a tough day. And uh, we can kind of circle back if, if we want to. But a lot to be proud of this season. The, mm-hmm. the adversity that this team faced and to win 13 games of the regular season, advance to the divisional round again this year, is, is very impressive. The consistency of this franchise, the, the continued trajectory of having one of the top stars in the league and Josh Allen and a very stable organization are all things to be encouraged by, but nonetheless, this is a very disappointing day. Eric, seeing as how you mentioned the adversity they, they endured here, uh, through the season here very early on let let's let's go let's go there uh here at the outset if that's okay with everyone um we're hearing you know M- Matt Milano after the game yesterday i think said he felt like they were flat um locker clean out today Micah Hyde who of course wasn't playing but was around the team um sort of had a similar sentiment said like watching them during the week observing them even from you know the way he put it i think was from from afar um was like that they that there wasn't a lot of gas in the tank roger saffold echoed those sorts of comments um i don't know what 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 do you want to do with that because i'm i'm um i've been very respectful of what they went through especially in light of what happened with hamlin and how emotional that was and i was worried about their mindset like just being ready to go play football right up until the New England game started, and even even moving forward. So I, I don't want to just blow that off as excuse-making. What do you do with guys saying that they felt like everybody was out of gas? Yeah, I mean, you have to take their word for it. And, I mean, I, I don't blame them if they were out of gas. I mean, you talk about all they've been through this year. I mean, going into the Bengals game, they got stuck for Christmas in Chicago and couldn't get back with the Storm's it just just a one week prior, I mean, there's just so much adversity that these guys faced throughout the season. And then to be without Daquan Jones yesterday, Jordan Phillips playing with a torn rotator cuff, so not not himself out there. Obviously, Von Miller's not out there. Micah Hyde, I mean, 
you talk about the defense not playing their best yesterday. I mean, the amount of guys you were out yesterday, it's just it's been a tough season with all that they faced, and they still persevered. They still got on an eight-game winning streak uh, to, to end it up until the Cincinnati game. So um, a lot of things to be proud of with this season. But it, it seemed like that to me yesterday, too. And, you know, um, I, I, I obviously was never a part of a season like this during my time in Buffalo. But I can't blame the guys for that. Now, I don't think that, you know, before the game, I was down on the field. The energy was there. It, it wasn't like um, I was concerned at all watching pregame warm-ups from 10 feet away from them. The, the energy was there. The excitement was there. The passion was there, and but when things when things didn't go well early, and, and um, I believe it was Josh Allen said it, and I, I liked how he said this: like energy comes from execution. When you can't execute, it's not that you're not out there trying; it's just not going to be as energetic. You're not going to be <laughs> right. celebrating. You're not having fun out there when you can't get anything going. When you start the game with back-to-back three and outs, and Cincinnati only has one third down on their two touchdown drives. Yeah, like I want to. You said you gotta, you gotta give them the benefit of the doubt when they talk like that, and so I, I guess. But I think it's sort of the game script too. Like you played, I would defer to you on this. There are times I think when in any sport, you start the game and you are in trouble, and you know it, and the stakes are high, like in this game. And then that's when a team can really look because we had calls like this yesterday. We'll always get them when there's ever a loss. Like they didn't look right. And it's the Bengals who are jumping up and down, and it's their fans you hear in the crowd, and you don't see that from the Bills. Well, that makes sense. I'm not sure what you know the cause or the effect is. Like you get you get into this game, you know the Bengals are sharp, and they're beating you up front, Eric. That's what I don't have to tell you. That's what football players are always pointing to to sort of decide where where the energy lies or where the edge lies is line of scrimmage. And this game, it was kind of a mismatch. It was, and you know, you talk about the injuries along the Bills' defensive line, and that's that's a totally different ball game. If you have your your cast that you brought in this off season, we talked about it last year. I, I'm not hypercritical of many things, even after last year when they lost at Kansas City. But one thing was not being able to affect the other team's quarterback with a four man pass rush. That's simply what you have to do. I mean, you're going against Burrow yesterday. He's got the number one quarterback rating in the NFL against the Blitz. So you can't simply bring exotic pressures or else you're going to get smoked. And the Bills couldn't generate pass rush with a four-man rush. And he's standing back there, and it makes it very easy to pick apart a secondary when, when you're sitting back there. And I understand the injuries played a part and played a major role in that. And you're going against backups um, there. But, you know, Burrow's getting rid of the ball quick, and they were efficient. And, man, it was it was tough to watch. And then – you know, uh, on the defensive line for the for the Bill for the Bengals going against the Bills' offensive line, once you get in a must-throw situation and you can't get in any type of rhythm, it's really tough on the offensive line. It simply is. Now, you know, you're going against DJ Reader, maybe the best nose guard. I'll, I'll say the best nose guard in football. Two high-motor defensive ends that are productive, and so, and so to me, yeah, it was it was extremely disappointing. Yeah, you know, that, that, that not being able to get pressure, um, you, 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 you said it there, like they're getting the ball out fast. So 
even even if I mean the Bills did not do a lot of winning um, up front, like their DNs, like you know, getting clean looks into the pocket. Even if they had that ball, was getting out of there most of the time, you know, before they'd even be able to get home, anyways. So that to me, like, sort of calls into question. Like once you see that happening, and given the conditions. Like, I know you don't want to give up a big play, and this Bills defense has had a philosophy on how to play, and, you know, it's largely, it can be viewed, I think, maybe critically as passive. So I've got a quarterback who's getting the ball out in two seconds. It doesn't matter if I win up front, I can't get home, but I'm playing off too often. Like, it all just doesn't add up to me, Eric. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty slow to get to questioning play calling because there's so much that goes into it that, that is just not, you know, I don't have access to all the information, I think, to really want to say anything with authority. But I feel like adjusting to some of what was happening yesterday was called for, and we didn't see it. Yeah, I'm with you. And we didn't see it early enough because after you saw the first drive, then you think, okay, well, let, let's get our hands on some of these receivers, try and affect the timing. And look, if they if they do beat us deep, so be it. You know, that's easy for us to say in this situation. But if they're going to beat us deep, fine. Let's make them do it. But we can't just simply let them have free releases. We can't give them all this easy access. And then there's two blown coverages on the two touchdowns to start the game. I mean, that's just it's it's unacceptable. And and the coaches will tell you the same. Well, Eric, it's different from last year, I think, where we had just the fluky end of the fourth quarter in Kansas City, if you will. You know, it's not just dumb luck that that happened, but the way the Bills impressed, the way Allen played that day, and we go from 36 points in a playoff game loss, and we've got to change the overtime rules, so we had a chance to 10 points and, like, bigger questions. And plus, it's one more year, right? So... What do you want to do about it? Maybe is is it too fresh? Like we're talking if you know, if you don't know, we're talking and I mean we as fans and everybody a lot about Ken Dorsey, a lot about Leslie Frazier. I want to try to find the right notes here on a team that didn't get any farther along than last year and lost lost worse in this second round but also won 13 games. Right. Yeah, there's when you win 13 games there's not an overhaul that needs to happen whether that's players or coaches are you continuously trying to get better yes and there was staff changes there was personnel changes even though you know the bills likely should have won that game in kansas city last year and advanced on and how who knows how it all plays out from there if the bills are hosting in the afc championship game last year but there's still coaching changes made there's personnel uh within the team and and we'll see that and we'll kind of see what direction the bills want to go from here um, but I don't think there's any need for anything drastic to happen. But, you know, I think we can all sit here and say that the line of scrimmage was an issue this year, uh, especially on the defensive line. Once Von Miller went out, Daquan Jones, Jordan Phillips, like that's an issue. You're not affecting the quarterback on a consistent enough basis. So do you get more exotic in scheme or, you know, you're you're going to get healthier and you're bringing guys back, but – you just got to be able to affect the other team's quarterback with your pass rush in the playoffs, and so that that's got to be that's got to be addressed. And then, I, I you know, Jamison Crowder goes out with the injury early in the season, and maybe that was your your slot production answer. But Gabe Davis did not perform the way that we expected him to this year, especially with all 
the preseason hype around him. Isaiah McKenzie, you know, he was the MVP coming out of training camp that for BuffaloBills.com. And, you know, those guys are young. They'll continue to develop. But surrounding Josh with a lot of talent during the prime of his career has got to be a top priority. And now that gets harder. Right, his cap number goes, you know, way up. Diggs' number's going way up. They got guys Knox. to pay. Not right. Yeah, Knox. Knox's new contract will hit. Um, so, like, I don't know. It just it seems like everything gets a lot more complicated. And look, I McDermott was asked about the window, right, for this group. And you know, I, I tend to feel like as long as they've got Allen, they're, they're stable. You know, I, I think overall, like McDermott. You know, has done a lot of good things here, so I'm not I'm not looking for a change there. Um, but the window for the Hyde, Poyer, Edmonds, like this group, I, I feel like we're 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 looking at it being over. Yeah, potentially because I, I don't know if you have enough money where you could pay all those guys to come back again. You're right, and then it becomes you know, are we going to address in free agency more? The offense side of the ball, or is it going to be more draft? We've seen a ton of attention, especially early in the draft, go towards the defensive side of the football. Does that go more towards offense to surround Josh with more talent or offensive linemen, whatever it may be? So we'll see that approach from the organization. But similar to how Joe Burrow said, as long as I'm on the team, we're always in a Super Bowl window. I Mm -hmm. feel the same about number 17 here. And also it's encouraging that you're in a system that – you know, Buffalo is an attractive destination for free agents now. It, it not always was. And so uh, that that should help this kind of free agency season as well. Eric, what do you make of Stefan Diggs, for lack of a better word, histrionics in this game? And right from the first series when Allen missed him deep, you see him pointing. We've seen plenty of that this year. I don't think that has to be a bad thing. Allen sort of doing the same later on on a missed play. And then... Most of all, Diggs just sort of going off, it seemed, on the sideline, and Allen just burying his head, not even acknowledging it, at least for the part that we saw. Um, I, I don't. I, I think the the benefit of the doubt here is earned, and that you know guys get hot, and so I want to hang in there here. But do you think it's a bad sign anyway? Like, what? Where are we at here? Yeah, I mean, this kind of re- this reared its head multiple times this year, and where you know there was either some antics, and Diggs got a either make an apology or explain himself on Mondays, and then it really reared its head yesterday during the game. And obviously with as many cameras as there are nowadays, you're, you, uh, if, you're the star, if you're one of the stars of the team and you're going off like that, you're going to be right there on CBS, which it was yesterday. And so, you know, to me, that's – I want my players to have passion. and But Stephon Diggs got to just pull that in a little bit and – you know, him and Josh, by all indications, are extremely close. And I'm assuming Diggs feels comfortable, you know, pointing at Josh and, you know, showing frustration, knowing that's not going to affect their relationship or affect Josh's game. But um, yep. knowing Sean, it just – I can't imagine that he'd want that to persist moving forward. You know, Eric, like just to follow up on this, it's the third play of the game for the Bills on offense. They're down 7 nothing. There's pressure. It's the playoffs anyway. And Diggs is running his route. It's beautiful. He but he burns the guy and gets behind him deep down the left seam. 
Allen misses the throw, and Diggs turns right around and is pointing. Like, he doesn't know what Allen's situation on that play was. What happened was Allen, you know, it's a miss is a miss, but he's under duress. He's moving to his left. And, you know, we're used to Allen making that throw accurately more often than not. But it's just so, it was, I don't like the, I don't like saying it because there's a lot, mm-hmm. most of it, 90% of it or more, we don't know. But really, like the third play of the game, you're pissed at your quarterback. It's awfully he quick to does, boil. He doesn't yeah. even know if Allen was hit on the throw. Right. I, I see your point there. And, yeah, that. that come on. Right? That, like, come that, on. That, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely see your point there. Okay. Definitely. Well, you look good on the – we saw you on uh, the field. You mentioned being on the field for pregame, and there you are with Peyton Manning yucking it up, and Manning's got his kid there, and Allen comes over. That was probably a cool moment to be witness to. That that really was. I, honestly, I texted my wife right afterwards and told her what happened. I was pretty excited about it. I mean, I, I'm a fan of the NFL, Peyton Manning. Uh, one of the greatest of all time and just a superb person. It brought his son to the game. His son wanted to come see Josh Allen play. I, I don't think Peyton would mind me sharing this. So Peyton's son wanted a Josh Allen jersey. And so Peyton, doing what he probably appreciated when others did when they wanted one of his jerseys, he personalized one of his jerseys, sent it in a FedEx with return shipping and everything else, and said, hey, if you don't mind, please sign a jersey for my son, you know, good luck this season, whatever it may be. Josh sends him back a game-worn jersey with the grass stains on it, signed and personalized to his son, and his son wore the jersey to the game yesterday, still with the grass stains on it. And uh, so then Josh, understanding that his son wanted to come see him play, comes over pregame and says hi to him, which was really cool. Yeah, Gra- grass stains is nice. Oh, you can't you can't wash the jersey. That's right. <laughs> weren't they in Weren't they in Philadelphia Saturday night and the kid had a Hertz jersey on? Oh yeah, yeah. So so uh, him and Eli and I believe their sons were in Philadelphia, and then Peyton and his son then came over to Buffalo for the game. Okay. Wow. I love I love I love Peyton. You know, it's you know Eli's his uncle. The, the Eagles are playing the Giants, and there's, there's the kid with the Hertz jersey. Yeah, it was pretty nice. Yeah, <laughs> I know it. I know it. Uh, kids, kids are funny in their loyalty. Like they, if someone's cool, they're gonna be attracted to them. Luckily, our kids are brainwashed to be Bills fans, and uh, <laughs> so so nice. they don't have much hope at this point. But they're only seven and five. So at some point, I don't want to see like a. Jamar Chase jersey on my son or anything anytime soon. But you can you can bank on it. Like it's so, they're going to turn on you at some point, Eric. Right? Like <laughs> right. that's almost a guarantee. Yeah, yeah, I would assume so. Unless like <laughs> uh, now, I will say this: like my son's man crush on Josh Allen will probably never stop. Uh, Josh made him a video for his birthday in January a few years ago, and because of COVID and everything else, Garrett hadn't been up to a game. We're on the field pregame for the Broncos game. So Josh isn't playing in the game, but he is kind of warming up with all the other guys. And he comes over and says hi to Garrett, and that just cemented it for a lot longer. Very good. So many stories I, like that about Adam. I don't think you need to worry as much about a Chase jersey. Your, your bigger crisis, Eric, would be if one of your kids showed up in a Nick Mangold jersey. I think then you got problems. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. And uh, I would actually approve of that. Uh, quick note on Nick Mangold, show if you'll appreciate this. He yes. just took his family on a one-day Disney trip to ride Splash Mountain one last time because it's going out. I didn't know that. Really? It's uh, it's it's over for Splash Mountain. 
It is. Uh, do some research on it. There's some uh, there's some context to it. And I'm not going to bring it up on here, but <laughs> okay, um, I will. But, uh, yeah. So so it's gonna it's gonna get. I don't know. This is being torn down, but it's going to be a new rod. So Nick Mangold just took his family down there, and we were talking all this uh, bill stock for for Christmas. Garrett, not from Santa. This was from Dad. Uh, got the red Diggs jersey. So uh, right. we are Diggs fans at our house as well. Very good. What's next for you, Eric? What are you going to be doing here in the next while? Um, well, I had plans to go to Atlanta, so this week I'll be able to go to basketball games. And uh, my daughter's cheering at a high school basketball game where they let the little girls do it this weekend. And then uh, next week I head down to Florida to play some golf. I always schedule that Pro Bowl week because regardless if the Bills are in it or not, I'll be free that week. And then I'll still be out for Super Bowl weekend doing – some media stuff and networking and connecting with some buddies out in Phoenix and then Good. enjoy some off season. Keep the uh, Centered on Buffalo podcast rolling and the What's Next with Eric Wood podcast going and enjoying life. Sound like you'll be busy. Well, maybe if it's all right with you, we'll call you that Super Bowl week and uh, try to connect here. It's It'll be a, a bit interesting two weeks between now and then to sort of decompress and figure out. Maybe there'll be moves to talk about. Um, and you could just not pick up, so... Uh, right. whatever. No. Like, it's up to you. It's up to you. No, let's do it for sure. And yeah, it's um, you know, it's great to digest this game the day after the game. But I believe tomorrow will be Sean and Brandon's press conferences. Usually, there's some substance that comes out of those. Um, and so you guys, at least for this week, remain to the playoffs and Super Bowl. You guys will have some good football content. You won't have to start breaking down like combine numbers or anything yet. <laughs> Not yet. You, you know us so well. You know us so well. Sabres are going. Sabres are going for three in a row. Got to see Ryan Miller in town last weekend. Cool. Um, hopefully the Sabres can get it wrong again. Here we go. That transition. That annual transition into let's let's go hockey game, season for real. It happens. How many games out are they right now from the final playoff spot? Uh, I think it's five or six points behind the last wild card. I looked, I looked before five. the show, but I don't remember. Five. Okay. Five God, points dude, Not out. games points, I apologize. That's right, and, they, and they've got games in hand on most of the teams they're battling with, um, if not right. the teams in the exact playoff spots. But Four so. on Washington. Washington is maybe the team to target. Nice. I nice. took my buddies. We, got, we, uh, we had a suite for the Sabres wild game. I had 12 of us up there in a suite for that game. And that was half of their guys' first hockey game ever. And so they're all diehard Sabres fans. Right. When you win 6-5 in overtime, you get the three-on-three action at the end. Now they're like, they can't wait to go back up and go for, some, go for another Sabres game. Right on. Now they're hooked. Eric, yep. as always, for years, we thank you for all the time you've given us. Look forward to talking uh, Super Bowl week and have a great off season. Yeah, my pleasure. I look forward to this every week, honestly. I do a lot of media hits on Monday. Generally, this is my last one. And it, it usually puts me in a good mood before heading back uh, to the family. So uh, Thank you. We'll talk soon. I was going to say have a great offseason, but we'll, we'll talk soon. Okay. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 